The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. She's a woman. B-side to I Feel Fine. This is a, what I call a Paul Shouter mm. tune. Uh, it's a rollicking good time. John's choppy guitar is fun. This woman, he shouts of seems super cool. I just hope she has a mind of her own. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope so. I mean, I, it seems like Paul has a better track record with that so far. <laughs> so, yes. And overall... Uh, but yeah, this one's very fun, especially the live version of this is great. I was watching a video of them playing at Empire Pool in England, and they played it at the famous Shea Stadium concert, too. Yeah, it's a Paul Shouter. They, they you know, particularly Paul is, gets super into it. Yep. Um, Paul said, I have a recollection of walking around St. John's Wood with that, with the song in my mind, so I might have written it at home and finished it up on the way to the studio. Maybe just take it, John, aside for a second and check with him. What do you think? Like it? Good. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Paul explained he only had one verse ready on the morning of the session, and I heard on the Beatles Sirius XM channel them saying that John said that was why the lyrics were, quote, rubbish. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. Uh, played on the offbeat, John's chubby guitar chords drive the song. Although Paul's roaming bass and soulful vocals make it a strong team effort, as from Beatles Bible. George didn't perform on the rhythm track, but he overdubbed his lead guitar part later on. Um, Paul said John did a good thing. Instead of playing through it and putting like a watercolor wash over it all with his guitar, he just stabbed on the offbeats. Ringo would play the snare and John did it with the guitar, which was good. It left for a lot of space for the rest of the stuff. Do you agree? I agree. Sometimes jazz is about the notes you don't play, right? Oh, boy. Oh, yes. No, I agree. Oh, no. You know, sometimes podcasts are about stuff you don't say. (laughs) No comment. Mm. The song's first take was in a rockabilly style. Now you have the syncopated chords heard on the complete version. On take five, the band moved into an extended jam with Paul screaming. Complete take lasted six minutes, over six minutes. Paul played Studio 2 Steinway Vertigrand Tack Piano, dubbed Mrs. Mills, in reference to the music hall pianist Gladys Mills. Uh, <laughs> a music hall pianist <laughs> named Gladys. I can't believe it. Uh, like named something like, like, like named like a car or a bike or something like after someone. So it's like you're, you're driving around in Mrs. Mills. Right. I, I, I've heard of that. I've never owned a, a car, so I well, never had the opportunity. Boy, you don't need to. So you're saying I should name my friends as cars? You should. Mm, okay. <laughs> oh, I live in New York, so there's not many people that I know that actually own cars. You could just name the neighborhood, like you name the neighborhood cats, you can name the neighborhood cars. Oh, that's true. Uh, I can name the, the neighborhood rats. I can name the neighborhood train. Sure. Yes. Great. <laughs> uh, on a serious um, note, is this like the actual first instance of a Beatle playing a piano on, on a song? Because mostly it seems to be George Martin. Maybe. Um, I'll have to check that. Uh, let's just say yes, though. Okay. Save me some time. 
She's a woman is is a, a landmark song because it's the first to contain a drug reference. Hello. Hey now. Mm-mm-mm. John said that's Paul with some contribution from me on lines, probably referring to she's a woman. We put in the words turns me on. We we're so excited to say turn me on. You know, about marijuana and all that. Using it as an expression. Ooh, John, Ooh. you're so naughty. <laughs> I guess at the time, that was that was a big deal. Yes. Um, I know for a fact from watching several YouTube clips that the world's most dangerous band, a.k.a. the Late Night with David Letterman band, would play the song going into it out of commercial breaks a lot. So they're allowed to do Beatles songs, but not Eagles songs? I know. That Weird. doesn't make sense. And I think that's what David... There's a clip that Andrew's referring to. A clip from, let's say, 2013. It's late. On the late the show with David Letterman. Where Dave, they spend 20 minutes of an hour-long show with commercials. Talking about how... Wait, that, that Paul and the band, Paul Schaefer and the band, they don't play certain songs because of copyright that would cost a lot of money and they couldn't they couldn't play eagle songs um but it's funny and i think dave was like said at one point but i've heard you guys play you know i don't think he said beatles but i've heard you guys play a bunch of popular songs and paul's was like (laughs) i guess (laughs) in the 80s it was it was much looser yeah. Uh, you know, like I like Mets games from the 80s, you know, um, they would play Everybody Wants to Rule the World before commercial breaks uh, in between innings, you know, and different pop songs of the era. And then suddenly when you get to like 86, 87, it stops. It's just it becomes like like this uh, instrumental jazz kind of thing that yeah, Channel I mean- 9 would play. W-O-R. I mean, I know that um, I work in television and I've worked in sports before. Uh, Like a lot of that stuff is just canned now. But I know for a fact on the um, NBC Sunday Night Football, they have have clearance to play um, whatever they want. And the audio, I know who the audio guy is and he's... He's he's very much into like playing up where they are and very, you know, playing some deep cuts, which is great. So, yeah, like what, whatever they're uh, they, the Seahawks in Seattle, they'll play Nirvana, they'll yep. play grunge. Totally. One time I was working with that guy and I was I was doing horse racing and we were sending stuff like sound feeds back and forth before the truck and we were like actually doing like a song battle. <laughs> so I started playing Super Chunk and then he started playing other Merge Records stuff, which was pretty fun. Wow, you you <laughs> anyway. guys might be in the wrong business. Me and my uh, redacted name. Okay, we 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 can't know Andrew's uh, soulmate's gonna, name. Yes, I'm not going to s- sell out the audio guy for NBC. <laughs> God damn it! Boom, boom, boom. Jeff Beck covered "She's a Woman" on his 1975 album "Blow by Blow." Months earlier, he played the song with the band Up UPP for the BBC documentary Five Faces of Guitar." Uh, keyboard player Max Middleton suggested a song for the album having come up with a Calypso-like arrangement on his own. Middleton later recalled that George Martin hated it, but Jeff loved it, so we did it. 
uh, should point out George Martin produced Blow by Blow. That would have been better. Um, yeah, it's a reggae instrumental uh, at some point, and it has talk box. It's very 70s. I think I would describe it best as 70s. Uh, Scritty Politti covered She's a Woman with Jamaican dancehall musician Shabba Ranks. Uh, it reached number 20 on a UK single chart in April 1991. And uh, it's on YouTube, and it's fun. It's a fun version, and... Uh, you know, it's um, it looks like the opening to In Living Color. Oh, nice! <laughs> you can do what you want to do. Uh, love count seven. We got seven loves, and she's a woman. Uh, Josie Scale, unfortunately, gonna give this one to Josie. Yeah, I I kind of wavered on this one. wasn't sure really how to go, but I'm I went ultimately with the Josie. It's a good song though. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.